Welcome to another episode of Bill's Pod Squad. Maddie Glab here as your host, along with Bill's owner and president, Kim Pagula. Back for another episode. We have such a cool guest on today, uh, somebody who follows the NFL super closely and has been able to be in Buffalo for multiple games and always seems to have a good time when she's in Buffalo reporting on the Buffalo Bills. But Kim, want to catch up with you. It's been uh, the NFL trade deadline has, has come and gone and the Buffalo Bills nada which i think is a good thing right i didn't even know it was happening <laughs> yes you know what it, it's always um good to get that kind of out of the way i like the fact that it's actually kind of you know halfway during the season it's done it's over with um always a lot of anticipation i enjoyed seeing what was happening around the league just kind of like at the end of a season when there's a lot of coaching changes and we're not doing one. Um, it's always nice to be able to sit back, um, not have to worry about the work involved in trades and or um, coaching changes. Uh, so it was nice to sit quietly and, and watch things develop around the league. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a different perspective on that? Because um, just a couple years ago, the Bills were a team who were involved in, you know, trying to pick up good players at the trade deadline or trying to really um make this roster what it is today. And now you look at this roster and I think a lot of people weren't shocked that there wasn't anything happen at the trade deadline. I mean, you look at the veterans on this team, you look at the, the group, the cohesive unit that they are. And of course, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are going to do their jobs and do their due diligence to like go and see what's out there because they always say we want to have the best roster um, that we can and we always want to be competitive and make sure we have competition uh, within the walls of one bill's drive too so it's not like they just weren't doing anything but um, do you have a different perspective now that that you've been in the seat of being involved with with head coaching searches and big trades that have gone down in the past and now you're at the point where we have the team that we do and you can kind of like you said, watch other teams do things like that instead of us. Well, one, one thing I do know is that both Coach McDermott and Brandon Bean, there is always room for improvement. You know, you, uh, I think it would be very, you know, um, naive of us to think that we are good, we're set, we don't need anything to improve our roster. But knowing, like you said, the work that our personnel staff does, that, you know, if it's not the right trade, if it's not the right person in the organization, if it's not the right exchange of players, um, then it's, you know, that's where we put our trust in, in the team and in, in coach and in Brandon, his personnel team to understand where we are as a team and to make those decisions. Doesn't mean that we are right where we need to be and we are, you know, we're good and we don't need anyone else or we, or there's no room for improvement. There certainly is all the time, but that doesn't mean uh, that you have to do something just to do something. And I think that's when you start feeling like there's that desperation of like, well, you know, I, I need to do something um, just to do it. I think that's the way you start getting yourselves in, in trouble. So having that belief in our current team and our current players, um, having that, that patience and understanding um, that if it's not the right, you know, move to make, then, you know, we're better not making that move, uh, just not to do it for, just to do it. So I think that's where, you know, that belief and trust in, in our organization is really going to shine in, in moments like this, where it's always exciting to do a trade, right? Like, I, I know that that is, is something, it's, it's a fan favorite and, and thinking that, you know, you're, you're adding another piece to your team, but uh, sometimes we've seen it, it doesn't always work. And I, I, you know, got to, 
trust Brandon and, and the staff that there's nothing out there right now that currently would they felt would really improve on our team right now. Yeah, I mean, things seem to be working pretty good right now, sitting at five and two at the top of the AFC East with some uh, exciting games ahead for the Buffalo Bills. But we won't let our listeners wait too much longer. So we'll just get into the podcast, our interview uh, with ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini. She's been at home for a little bit, raising her new kiddo, Michael, and she's getting back to work on November 14th. So we talked to her about her time at home, uh, wanting to work while she was at home and now getting ready to get back into work. So here it is. We are so excited to have ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini on with us today. It's been a guest that I've wanted to have on this podcast. We had some awesome guests on last year. Um, haven't had too many reporters or um league-wide nationwide reporters on this year just because we're just starting the season and we kind of wanted to see how how the bill season would pan out before we got some hot shots like you on Diana so <laughs> so pumped for you to be a part of the podcast this week guys thank you so much I've actually been campaigning behind the scenes I don't know if you've seen the the Bills fans standing outside the uh, facility with big signs saying, please invite Diana Rossini. Here's her email. So um, I'm just really excited to be here and, and obviously covering the Bills for the last few seasons. I They're one of my favorite teams without a doubt, just because the organization just does everything top notch from the top bottom. And it's something I've always shared with the players, the coaches, uh, your GM, and, and now your owner. So Kim, uh, big thumbs up. It's it's a really good experience to always travel to Buffalo for me. Well, that's good. We did we did notice. That's why you are on here, and we always listen to our fans, right? Right, Maddie. Um, <laughs> always listen to our <laughs> exactly. fans. Exactly. But it is an honor to have you on, and I think we've we've had other guests on. We've had men on. We've had women on, and I think it's just it's always great to um, for Maddie and I, especially you know, two women talking about football. Now we have three women talking about football, um, and that's always such a great time. Um, and we hope our our listeners and those viewing also enjoy it as well. But super excited to to have you on. And and although our jobs are very different, we have a lot in common. A lot in common. <laughs> Well, yes. let's get let's get into that. I mean, you guys have so much in common. I mean, Diana, you are getting ready to come back uh, from having your first baby, which is so awesome. Uh, Kim has a few kids and knows what it likes to be a working mother in sports, especially the industry that we both get to be in. You know, Kim gets to juggle uh, the NFL and the NHL, being an owner and president of both teams. Uh, so, Kim, do you have any advice right now as Diana gets back into the working world with a very young baby? Well, I do sometimes feel like I am a mother to, you know, 65 plus <laughs> boys as well. But, but yes, I'm, I'm a way ahead of you, Diana, you know, in, in years and experience, I just married off my oldest daughter. Uh, so the time goes by quickly. So it really does. So enjoy every single minute that you have with your uh, with your son and I will tell you that um, people ask me all the time Maddie just like how do you juggle work and 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 your family and your husband and and all these other things and I'm like you can't do it all it, it is impossible there that standard is not there so give yourself a break um, some days 
you're gonna, you know, focus on your your son, your your children, or whoever it is. Sometimes gonna be your someone's gonna miss out at some point, but that's okay. That that really is. I think um, we uh, mothers and working moms especially have to give ourselves a break um, at some point. Um, I think you know our, our sons, our our children. Our husbands, our families, um, I think how we communicate with them, they know the passion that you have. I don't think that um, it's just, you know, one or the other. I think you can have it all, but you need to accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect all the time. So um, that's that's my best advice. Um, I've, you know, yeah. I've been there. I've done it all. Um, I'm still alive. My kids, I think, are still are good. And, you know, there's always regrets, but um, but that's what life is all about. So enjoy it. Well, congratulations on the wedding, first of all. I uh, only got married last year, so I know what goes into planning and uh, just, I'm surprised you're not exhausted. I mean, maybe you are exhausted right now, but I, I was tired for a month after my wedding and so were my parents. So uh, good for you for being back out in the office a few days after. So congrats to your entire family and, and I wish them all the best. But as for the the, the advice, I really, I, I really appreciate that you say that you know, we are all trying to be great and do it all. And you, you just can't. I think it's cool to just put that out there because I do think that we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves, both working moms and working dads, that we got to be able to do everything. And and believe me, I, I already had my first dose of being a working reporter and having a baby. Um, and that cuckooing in the background is my son. Um, so this past week was, was the NFL trade deadline. And you know, I'm not actually officially back on TV for uh, another few days. So November 14th is when I returned, but I'm always in the mix. I'm always following the game and, and trade deadline, free agency draft, all, all the times where, you know, you need to lean into your contacts for information. That's kind of my, those are my Super Bowls. And I work very closely with Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter, and they rely on me to help as well. So I didn't want to just not be there for them this past week and I was getting information coming in starting early Monday morning and Adam Schefter is one of my, my favorite people on this planet but he he has been very supportive of, of me taking time away but he calls me because we're working on a story together and Michael my son is screaming on the top of his lungs you know that cry that's embarrassing like you're embarrassed as the parent like oh my god please stop and adam's laughing and he's like die this is real life this like you better get used to this because i was like adam i'm so sorry look this is what i heard these are the picks for the trade but and i'm like the whole thing and i laughed because last week i i i just shared uh an essay about returning to work and i just felt a little uh, irony in my week where I spent all this time writing and really crafting what I thought was important to share with other moms and dads out there about taking maternity leave and, and the joys of being Michael's mom. Yet on Monday and Tuesday, I wanted to put them in a cardboard box and ship them to Philly. <laughs> to <my laughs> well, I, I love that piece that you wrote, Diana, because I think it speaks to a lot of, of things. And I think many of us uh, men and women can relate. What I loved about it, though, was the fact, and this is something that I've often talked about, is that sometimes, you know, it's great that we have women who support other women, um, especially in our per, in our profession in, in sports and in male-dominated sports. Um, but you talked about getting support from the men in your life, 
which I am always a big, because my husband has always been my biggest supporter. And I always like to tell people, you know, when we all want, you know, women power and it's a, it's a conference and everyone in the audiences are female. I say, don't forget about the men in your life because they're half the population. We can't do it, do it without them as well. And so I love the fact that you really credited um, the men in your life, um, your coworkers, Jeff Darlington, um, about giving you the real support that, that you needed. Because I, I think that's so important. Here's some of the best pieces of advice and that overall unconditional love and support came from men. And, and look, I have an incredible circle of women that are in this industry, that are, that are outside sports, that are just my girlfriends growing up, who I, I could not have gotten through so much in, in just the, the early stages, especially when I, I got home from the hospital, I had no idea what I was doing and they were wonderful. But in terms of handling just the balance of it all and, and, and really trying to have perspective on the whole situation. You know, one of the other parts of this that made this very difficult was just the timing of when I had Michael. It was at the start of football season and ESPN pays me to work football. So I, there's just that natural guilt I had for, for my employer though, of thinking, you know, I'm letting them down in a way. So to have a lot of dads say to me, you know, look, I've been through this. I've seen my wife go through this and I'll tell you what I told them, or I told you what I perhaps didn't do, uh, take that time. And, and I, I gotta tell you, as I got closer to actually delivering him, it just became clear that the right thing to do was to take the full maternity leave that, that ESPN was willing to give me. And I wasn't going to shorten it. And I've seen other people do it. And I've learned through this whole process of parenting, you need to do what, what's good for you. And I never used that phrase before I had a baby. I always was pretty, I was pretty concrete about the way I view things. And now I'm more, I'm way more just whatever you can do to get by, whatever works for your family, you need to do. And, and for, for us, and, and it was really important for my husband, you know, he, he's been really supportive of my career, but he, he asked me to, to really be there for our family as difficult as, as it was for me during football season. And as every day went by, I just realized I was, I was making the right decision. Yeah, I mean, how, how tough or easy was it to not fall back into the motions of working, especially when we've been in a setting where it's so easy to work from home now? And I know you stayed up to date on everything that was going on, but I'm sure it was just at times really tough not to be like, oh, hey, like, here's what I got, or like, let me text somebody and try and like find out this or try and help with the coverage of this game. So how did you kind of wrestle with that in your mind of like, I want to get back into work, but uh, I don't know. No, I, I did that. I, I'm guilty of, I, I can't tell you how many players and coaches and GMs heard from me during my maternity leave, probably a little too much uh, because I had time. <laughs> you know, Michael would nap or I'd be feeding and I'd be like, you know, let me check in with the Saints. Let me check in with Green Bay, see how they're doing. You know? um, so in terms of like the, just like the networking and the people that have been in my life all these years in the NFL, uh, that stayed consistent and, and I enjoyed it. I really valued the conversations and conversations have changed a lot behind the scenes too. Becoming a mom, I have a lot more in common with people, um, which I never thought about before I had a baby. And, and now I cannot believe how many fathers in the league want to share pieces of advice. I can't believe how many people read that essay that I wrote. Uh, that blew me away. People, you know, 
coaches that gave it to their wives or their daughters, players that shared it with their sisters. And that to me, like that meant everything. Um, but you know, I, I, I really try to be present. I try to keep my phone in the other room. Um, and, and the times that I, I had with him, I just kept thinking, I'm going to be at an airport. I'm going to be dealing with my credentials. I'm going to be dealing with the logistics <laughs> and the snow in Buffalo very soon. You know, it, it'll be there. And here's another thing, guys, that, that I, I didn't share in the essay that I was thinking about. I think it can be very egomaniacal and self-involved if you think that football is missing you. And, and that's what I kept reminding myself of. This is important to me because I love it and I do it. But let's not be let's not be crazy. Like the, nobody's the game is still going on. Everyone's still waking up, brushing their teeth, going about their day. No one's wondering where Diana Rossini is. So let me take that kind of thought and, and apply it and, and just be the best mom I can be and not worry about my own ego and perhaps those uh, you know that don't matter at all. Uh, you know, in society right now. But we are glad that you are back. So <laughs> as much as there's a little bit of truth to what you just said, we are very excited and very glad that you are back covering football and of course, covering our beloved Bills. Um, so you've been covering our team for so many years. How about those Bills this year and last year, really? You know, it just, there's a lot of excitement here in Buffalo. Um, you know, how have you, you know, watching our team, how have you seen us change and, and develop over the last few years? So it's funny, I'm talking to you guys on my ESPN TV kit. So this is what I use when you guys see me on ESPN. And I have not taken it out until today, since I had the baby, right? So it's been three months, been in the closet, and I took it out so I could talk to you guys. And what's funny is I have notes that were like right on the tripod underneath from the last time I was on TV. And the note said, regression, bills, question mark. And the topic I remember we were having on Get Up in the morning was, will the bills take a step back? Is Josh Allen going to, to sort of come back down from the clouds of magical production and, and maybe just be okay, not such a great quarterback? And I love that we now know the answer is, is no. <laughs> He's still up in the clouds. Uh, but really, for, for me, I'd say the biggest takeaway from watching you guys is when you have a turnover, when your defense is able to, to force a fumble, um, you know, force the other team to throw a pick, you guys win games. You look at it statistically. The, the, the games that, you, that you've lost, right, are the games where that hasn't been prominent. I think you guys tied in turnovers with the Titans and the Steelers had more than you guys. So, I just think the fact that we spend so much time praising the offense, which is magnetic and fantastic, and Brian Dable does a fantastic job with the play calling. I just think Leslie Frazier, uh, just what he calls on defense and obviously what the players are able to do. Um, I think that that's what I'm excited to get back at to see up close and in person. Um, and then just, you know, Kim, I was, I was going through your roster in my head when I was getting ready for this. And I'm like, man, I can name every guy on this team pretty easily and what that tells me, that doesn't tell me I'm, I'm, I'm great at my job, believe me. It, it just means that you've had the same guys for a while, which I think is really unique because in the league, we see so much turnover every year. Your key players, it's been the same group for three or four years now, which is such a credit to what you guys have there. And it's, and it's why it's working. 
Right. I, I totally agree. And I think that's one thing that we did talk with with uh, Coach McDermott and Brandon Bean early on when we first hired him, um, you know, because we were guilty of doing the same thing, kind of the serial, you know, every two to three years of, of a new coach. And then they come in, they bring in their whole thing. They don't like certain players, things like that. And I think with when uh, when Brandon came in, you know, uh, we knew he was going to have turnover on the roster. You know, we knew the coaching staff was going to change. But behind the scenes, we felt like there was a, a much bigger plan though and a strategy to, that was gonna be lead us to that consistency. And if you look back to all the great championship teams that have been sustained championship teams, um, consistency is one of the key factors that they've had, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in players, whether it's in their QB. Um, and so that's something that I, I know Terry and I have really kind of said, okay, this is a, a priority. How do we, first we wanna make sure we get the right players and the right staff in place, but then making sure that there's a consistency there. And of course, that's the hardest thing, right? Once you start winning and you start doing well, everyone wants your, your players, your coaches. And yeah. so uh, how you manage that. And I think that's the phase that we're in. How do you know, there was a, obviously a big fear. Are we going to lose Leslie Frazier? Are we going to lose Brian Dayball? Are we going to lose so-and-so? Um, so I think, you know, that's the next phase for us, that expectation when you're at a certain level, how do you deal with that? Um, in terms of when, and then how do you, you know, move forward when you know that there's going to be changes because you're, um, because you've had success. Kim, I talked to so many coaches that have had success and that have failed. And in terms of, I'd say the most consistent thing they, they point to in terms of having success or actually failing is either time or lack thereof. And I give you and Terry so much credit for giving Coach, you know, the time to build this. And, and, and granted, you guys had success pretty quickly when he, when he arrived. But the fact that Brandon Bean has had this vision and, it, and he sticks to it, it's almost from an outsider perspective. And obviously, I don't know the meetings that you guys are having and how you discuss things. But you guys have such a clear identity of who the Buffalo Bills are that from an outsider, I can almost sometimes predict how you guys are going to do things because I know that falls into the playbook of how you do stuff which is why this is, this is a building block that I think is going to last for a really long time. We're not going to be sitting here, uh, and I'm not just saying this because you own the team, but I, we're not going to be sitting here in five years going, oh, you know, oh man, what happened to the Bills team? I think this is, you guys have now built it and, and it's, it's going to be consistent for, for years to come because it's made of the right things. Yeah, and I think one thing that I always like to go back to is just the relationship that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have with each other. It's it's such a great working relationship and the two trust each other. And I think that's one of the most important things to have with that relationship is trust. I mean, the trade deadline comes and goes and there's nothing for the Buffalo Bills. And a lot of our players were asked about that this week and they say, you know, we know that this coaching staff and, and the front office have the trust in us to get the job done, which is make it to the Super Bowl and win that game. Uh, they made it to the AFC championship game last year, and unfortunately it didn't go in their way. Um, but that's their goal. And that means the front office believes that we have the right guys to do so. Sean McDermott joked around and was like, yeah, I went into Brandon Bean's office and asked him if he was asleep for all of the trade deadlines. <laughs> so it's also nice to know that those two have that type of rapport. But Diane, I want to ask 
ask you about some of your trips to Buffalo. Um, what have been some of the most memorable moments? Because anytime you're on ESPN and you're doing a hit from Buffalo, there's always chaos in the background. And I've heard that you've like gotten proposed to multiple times in Buffalo as well from our crazy Bills Mafia members. So let's just reminisce on, on some of that, maybe what you're looking forward to uh, getting back into working. Yeah, if any of those guys that proposed would like to be my now full-time nanny, I will take the <laughs> resume. I could use a little help uh, as we're trying to figure that out uh, as we speak. Um, you know, they ESPN sent me out there, and you know, we have our Sunday NFL Countdown show, which uh, it's a it's a three hour show. That's that's long for for a pregame show, and and you know, to hit every team and to to get the feel of every stadium. Uh, it, it, it takes an effort and they sent me to Buffalo with no plan. They just said, this is the, this was my first, I think it was my first season with ESPN covering football. And then they just said, go basically like, just go and figure out something, just show the fans, show how excited they are. And I had never been to Buffalo before. So I didn't know what I was about to walk. I mean, I heard about it, but like, I didn't know what it was. And the, the, my favorite part that I like to share about my experiences when I go to Buffalo is while it looks crazy, everyone there is kind and nice. It's not a dangerous environment where people are doing weird things. I mean, people are doing weird, really weird things, <laughs> but it's safe. It's safe. So um, I, I, I just enjoyed it so much. And there are not a lot of cities I go to where, you know, I, I have to really remind myself I'm a reporter because I have to stay objective, but it's, they're just so easy to fall in love with and, and be around. Um, you know, I, I try to ask for advice on where to eat, where to even just, you know, have a beer and, and everyone's always giving me a long list of things. Um, I actually have a great story where I had a flight um, that I was, I had to make because I had to be on TV the next morning. And there's just no way. You guys know what that stadium looks like after the game. There's no way you're getting out of there. You, 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 I'm an idiot for booking a trip uh, so close to the end of the game. And I am walking by myself with all my stuff, trying to get an Uber outside. My thought process was let me get out of the stadium and go far into the town or into the area. Um, and, and then I'll be able to find an Uber. Um, and this really nice police officer pulled up and was like, are, are you okay? Like this lady pulled her suitcase, you know? And I said, yeah, I have a flight in like 40 minutes. There's no way I'm making it, but thank you. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to get an Uber to get home tomorrow. And he's like, get in the back. I'm like, what? He's like, <laughs> like, what did I do? Like, are you arresting me? Am I not allowed to walk? You know? And uh, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take you there right now. And it was really, really cool of him. Uh, he, his shift was over and he was heading home anyway. And he's like, I live right near the airport and, and I made my flight. Oh my uh, but just, just that compassion, that sincerity, that niceness. It's not just from obviously law enforcement. Uh, I, I've had it just at coffee shops and hotels. So uh, Buffalo is an awesome place, which is why your team is probably just taking on the same identity of the city. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping I get back up there. You, I was taking a look at your schedule. You guys have a, you guys have some tough opponents coming up. So um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be there soon. Yeah, and we have some uh, late late home games uh, late in December. Yeah. <laughs> I saw <laughs> those. Weather. I for Monday morning. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's great. Well, you know, uh, as, as Maddie said earlier, there's been um, a lot of activity this past week with the trade deadline in the NFL. But what are some some really good storylines that you're really following or you're anxious to see how they develop as a, you know, probably not quite halfway through, but um, well, with the extra game, maybe we're halfway through yeah. uh, um, the rest of the season. But what are some other NFL storylines? It's been a jam-packed season so far, but a oh, lot right. going on. It really has been, right? You, you have just like the really good topics of just the quarterbacks right now, especially the NFC right now, how, how well they're playing. Those top six teams, they're doing well because their quarterback is good. Um, you have something, you know, as simple and basic of, as that. You have the Arizona Cardinals who, who – I'm really surprised in the off season. I did not think they were going to be this good. Granted, they did a good job of building you. You know, they, they picked up a lot of veteran players, but that, that, as you know, that doesn't always result in success. Sometimes I've seen teams take steps back. Actually, it's not because a veteran is there. It means that they're going to be productive. Um, and look, this story is off the field, but the Deshaun Watson thing, Terry, I, I think of from an owner perspective all the time, what that must feel like, what must that must be like to be paying that much money to a quarterback who's not playing for you and, and a quarterback who's as fantastic as Deshaun Watson. Um, so obviously keeping an eye on that situation, I think that I just feel bad for the Houston Texans players, the coach. I can't imagine the environment. In fact, I know for a fact, just from talking to people there, it is, it's not easy to, to be a Texan right now for anybody, even if even people on the staff, uh, because they're just kind of waiting and seeing of how this plays out, um, you know, and, and then of course you, you, you have out in LA, the Rams are with Matthew Stafford that, that may go down as the, the, the trade of the year with, with him being, um, you know, having so much success with Sean McVay and we all knew he was good, right? It's like, we all knew Matthew Stafford was good. And now you see him in, in a different uniform and, and, you know, it, the shine is quite sparkly at this point. So as you're communicating with GMs, head coaches, um, I mean, you do it so frequently. Is there a GM or a head coach that is on the top of your list of like some of the funniest guys that you get to communicate with that people may not think they're as funny as, as they appear to be on TV or in press conferences? I got to tell you, your staff is pretty good. You're, you have very, um, they're kind of um, they have a very dry sense of humor um, in Buffalo from, from what I've noticed and even just interactions in person when I get to interview them. Um, they are, they're, they're sneaky funny for sure. Um, Sean Payton is one of the funniest people. Uh, he's super clever. He's really smart um, and he's very social media friendly, meaning like he's on it a lot. So he's got, he gets all the social media jokes and he's in on everything. He's not one of those people I have to like explain what something means if I send him something like, hey, do you see this? Uh, he's fantastic. Ron Rivera is, is wonderful. He's got a good sense of humor. Um, I wouldn't say anyone is really like uptight. Um, they may seem that way. Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel's a little uptight, but but he'll, he'll, he'll throw something in there once in a while in an interview and, I, and I'm like, I gotta be on my toes with him. Uh, because he, he, he's quick. He's another one that just smart, really smart. And, and I'm, I don't expect it because he's such a large human being. Um, and I'm always just caught off guard of how brilliant his brain is as big as his body. Um, but yeah, I, I do enjoy when they show their personality. Unfortunately, a lot of the dealings I have with them, it's usually on serious things that, that, that affect their team. So I don't often get to see that much of it. But the ones that I'm around a lot, they, 
I can usually break them down after a while. <laughs> well, I, I will say from an ownership standpoint, you know, the, all the storylines that you talked about that, you know, some positive, some negative. Um, I, I think as much as we like to think we're insulating ourselves from all those, that drama, off-field drama, um, I, I think one thing that all owners think about is like, it could happen to us at any point. And as much as you try to get the right people in place and surround yourself with the right environment and the culture, um, as we've seen even just, you know, in the Raiders, like, you know, I, I know Mark Davis, um, you know, it, it, he got hit <laughs> this month really badly, nothing that he personally had done or he didn't set himself up to do it. Um, so I think sometimes that's an awakening for all of us that, you know, it could happen to any one of us in terms of our own club, in terms of ownership. Um, and, you know, that's, this is the, the world we're, we're living in. We do our best to try to insulate that um but you know it, it can happen at any point in any time unfortunately Kim, if, if you don't mind me asking do you and terry ever have that conversation together when you see another team going through something whether it's a deshaun watson situation whether it's uh god forbid a, you know rigs you know yeah. awful situation do you guys have conversations like here's what we would have here's how we should do it Oh, oh, definitely. I, I think, you know, I think it would be unresponsible of us not to have those conversations because like I said, it does feel like, oh my gosh, like that could be us. Um, and as you know, we have two sports teams. So then we get like, oh, that could be us double times. It doesn't matter the sport. Um, it, it's human nature, right? It's, it's, it's sports in general um, that it could happen. So we definitely think through those things. And I will say there's sometimes we agree with what a club, the decisions or the actions that they do. Other times we don't, right? Um, and that's, but again, I try to put myself in their shoes. Like, do I know all the information? Maybe not, you know, um, this is how we would handle it. Um, a lot of times we have these conversations with, cause it's not just ownership's um, decisions. Sometimes, you know, you wanna get your, your general manager or coach. So we do have these conversations about what is happening around the other league, how we deal, how we would deal with it the information that we know. So so definitely, I think these are all great learning experiences. Um, I'm thankful it's not happening to us personally, but I'm not naive enough to think that it would never happen to us. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I've always been interested on, the, on that side of it. And, and I, I have uh, relationships with a few owners in the league and I ask more about that type of um, stuff more than I do about their direct decisions of you know, hey, what would you do here? Uh, because there is a lot that you have to factor in and, and it, it's a business and it, it's, it's really sad to see some of the situations that are happening um, right now, but being prepared for it, it seems to be, the, you know, going through the motion of, of how would we handle, it seems to be the only way you can do it. Otherwise, when it's in front of you, right, it's just, you got to do what's, what's best for you guys. So yeah, yeah well, I'll, we also get fine if we actually say what we would do. That too. <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's put that out there too, right? So love to be able to give you my complete opinion about everything going on, but unfortunately, <laughs> probably is not the right thing to do. Yeah, but it's smart to go through things like that. I mean, it's it's like a front office, you know, a week or, or a month before the NFL draft. You know, they're going through pick by pick, round by round, trying to predict all the different scenarios, different trades that can come about. So that by the time you get to draft day, um, night one of the NFL draft, you are ready for any situation, any scenario, um, and you can kind of 
anything can happen, but at the same time, you feel a lot more relaxed and prepared uh, for what may come. But Diana, as you're kind of getting back into the reps, getting back into uh, what a work week would look like for you, we know you're, you're going to be on camera on November 14th for the Titans and the Saints game. Um, but is there, are there any like funny things that you didn't realize that you would have to kind of not like relearn again, but like, oh, I've got to put on my makeup today or like I've got to like make sure I've got clothes ready to go or whatever that may be of like someone who is at home and and is now getting ready to kind of work and, and work at the rate that you're going to work at. Yeah, uh, I, it's funny. I had to make a video for the University of Maryland yesterday and they wanted me to just shoot a video on my phone. Uh, so I didn't need to, to do any TV lighting or anything, um, but uh, you know, I had to brush my hair and get ready. And I like to, to think it usually takes me two or three tries to, to, to get something right on camera. I can usually, especially when I'm really in the mix, I could do it one time and just go. Uh, just because we're always on such hard deadlines, you learn to just, you know, one take and you're out. Um, I got to tell you, I must have 15 to 18 versions of it on my phone. And all I was saying was like, hi, I'm Diana, you know, whatever. And, and you know, they, they were basically focusing on high school sports. Here's how high school sports have helped me, blah. It was very basic. So uh, I'm a little on camera rusty, which is really funny because I, it's, I've been doing it for so long. I thought it was like riding a bike, but it's not. Uh, so I'm looking forward to definitely getting past those initial nerves, I think, on the, on the 14th. Um, you know, my boss picked a game for me um, in Nashville a lot. Uh, so he's like, we're going to put you in a real comfortable zone. Uh, so, so that's really good. But yeah, I, I think it's just it's really just getting getting those muscles working again, getting my memory going again as well. Um, I, coming, you know, I worked most of my pregnancy and I didn't really have pregnancy brain that much. I was pretty sharp. But I lost all of it. I lost everything. I don't remember anything. Um, so yeah, so just getting back into that and, and really just getting, um, I'm interested to see how this is going to work with my schedule with TV. You know, I've been home every day hanging out with him and, and doing things, but I'm not going to be spending as much time. So I'm interested to see our relationship how and how it changes. Because even now, I think he's sick of me, but he sees his dad when he comes home and he lights up and he sings to him. And I'm like, what the heck? I was here all day. Well, you're not even. <laughs> Don't even smile at me, but your dad walks in and you're so psyched. So I'm looking forward to that first smile when I come home. <laughs> that, that is an interesting game for your first game back because both those teams um, have had obviously some big changes this week with on the injury front. So so yes. whatever the expectations of, of how that matchup was going to be has been completely blown out. Blown out. So that'll be an interesting um, team. And of course, we play New Orleans on on Thanksgiving night. Um, and so that their injury there has uh, will you know, affect us as well. So, um, you know, maybe behind the scenes, you can text me some, you know, some things yeah. that you've seen that you saw. In that game. Trevor Simeon really bad in the pocket. It's smart. <laughs> you know, I'll give you my scouting report. <laughs> Um, another question that I have, you know, there's so many people who are probably going to listen to this podcast who are maybe in uh, our field of sports, who are women who would like to be a, a working mother one day, um, or just women who are listening to this podcast who currently are working mothers or not are in not in sports and want to be working mothers. I mean, what advice do you have to them um, that you've been able to experience over the last year? For the record, I'm still not used to being called a mom. It's so funny. Like you're asking me the question, I'm like, how did this happen? 
Like, I mean, I know how it happened, but how did this happen? Um, because I just, I spent so much of my life where my job was it. Like that was my full identity. Like I've had boyfriends and I eventually got married, but that, that was, it's such, it was such a second to what I'm doing. Um, so it's, it's so funny to just really be able to now share some of this because I've had to adjust. I really had to make time obviously to make sure that he's my priority now and then work is second. Um, but I think my advice would be, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I would say that not just in just, you don't even need to be a mom. I just think as if you, if you want to get into any field, you have to get over being afraid of what people will think of you. Um, and, and you, you know, what, what, I actually had a player say this to me once. Um, if more people were willing to ask questions like this, they would be better at their job because I asked something about a, a there's like a coverage I didn't understand. And he actually drew it on his hand for me over FaceTime to try to explain it. Um, I just think being vulnerable and just saying you don't know, you, you'd be surprised how much respect you get from the other side of it. And it's really helped my growth over the last, I'd say even the, like the last two seasons, I've really changed the way I watch the game and what, and the questions I ask because I have straight up reached out and said, Hey, can you help me with this? Or I don't know. Uh, you may hear through the grapevine, Kim, that I reached out to a few people in the Buffalo Bills organization to say I was coming on this podcast today and even ask questions about you. So if you ask questions, if you admit you don't know, it can help. I, I totally agree on that. I, it, there's so many times that I've, I've spoken at uh, different conferences and, and, you know, and I tell people, you know, listen, feel free to reach out to me and whatever. Nobody ever does. <laughs> crazy right it does and so um so yeah it, it's just it's one of those things and they're always like well i didn't want to bother you or well i didn't really think you mean it but it's and i i'm usually pretty good at, at answering and so um so it you know it benefits those like you said that put themselves out there um and ask the questions and you know just get get over themselves and and just um think about how can i get better and and being okay like you said of being vulnerable most of the time, no one else knows. Like that, that's what I learned. Like, you know, especially when I go into a new city, uh, I remember when I came to Buffalo, actually, and I was so intimidated by your writers. You know, everyone had been there for 30, 40 years. I'm like, oh man, like, I don't even know how they work here. I don't know what the situation is. They all seem scary. And you find out that, hey, no one's that scary. Everyone's great. Um, they're extremely welcoming. But then not in the Buffalo market, but other markets, I realized, they don't even know what they're talking about. So why am I getting so worried about it? Um, and so you just get over it. But, you know, you'd be surprised how, uh, you know, people just aren't willing to admit that because they're not comfortable. And if you can just get comfortable with yourself to just ask those questions, it's cool. And most people respect it. And then the last question I have for you as, as we close out this podcast is um, how or why do you feel empowered now to walk into this next chapter of your life? Oh my gosh, uh, I, I love how much having my son has changed me. Um, I didn't really notice a change initially, but my girlfriends did, which is really funny. I have this one girlfriend, she's actually a producer for Nightly News. Um, she's a medical producer and she's one of my best friends. And she's like, God, I love, I love mom, Diana. I go, why? She's like, you were just so abrasive and difficult when you were in a <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, no one told me this. 
she's like, you're just so intense. She's like, you're so chilled out. She's like, it's like almost like you're, you always have like three glasses of wine in you, but you don't, um, which is like really funny. And, and, and um, you know, I know what she means now there because I just, my perspectives changed a bit, you know, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how much it affects my reporting and if it makes me better. And, and, and I have a feeling it, it, I, I think it's gotta. I love that. So if just what, one more question, if, if your son was to be a football player, what position would you want him to grow up to be? He is definitely a defensive. Uh, there he is. <laughs> uh, I actually sent a picture of him to a bunch of scouts and GMs. It was like, what do you think? Is it the sign of a quarterback? You think in receiver? Like, and they thought I was joking, but I wasn't. I was like, do you, you know, the greats, did they look like this? Were their arms this long? Um, I'm going quarterback. My, I have a brilliant husband. He's very, very, very smart and he's tall. So if, if he can just basically turn into Josh, he also has big hands. So he's going to be Josh Allen. So All right. I should name you Josh and not Michael. So. <laughs> oh, he is so cute. I, I can definitely see him being a Josh Allen, especially because Josh Allen was just on the Manning cast and, and Peyton Manning said that his son wanted to wear or wore Josh Allen on the back of his jersey instead of Manning. That is hilarious. And that right there, doesn't that tell you that, that I mean, Josh is the present, he is the future. Uh, and, and the best part, by the way, this is something I get asked a lot because people see on social media, you know, players I interview and I get asked about Josh all the time and it's, and, and digs as well, but, but Josh a lot. And I, he's just such a regular guy. And, and I don't, you know, that, that's not a, a lazy way to answer that question. It's the truth. Like he's really just a normal person. I interview a lot of star players and I don't get the same feeling from them. Josh, it's just like, he's just that guy. Look at Michael. He's so focused. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Quarterback, look at him, his eyes. He's just like so focused in on, on what he, what he's doing here. So <laughs> I, Totally agree. QB, QB. <laughs> let's hope. Oh my oh, gosh. Thank you, Diana. This is so much fun. So happy to have you back. Um, congratulations on what's going on in your life. And, and Michael, um, just so much um, I had for you. We're super excited about that. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me and uh, accepting my, my now, my little shadow over here. So I appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you guys when I'm back up in Buffalo. Right. Yeah, we can't hey. wait to see you. See you guys later. Bye, Michael. Diana, bye, Michael. <laughs> so wonderful to hear from Diana and her advice, the advice that you were able to give to her as well. Um, I, I love the point that you made um, that it's it's important to have women to lean on, but it's also really important to have men to lean on. And um, in what she wrote, it was really cool to, to see her um, list several men that she was able to lean on during her um, time while she was pregnant, um, whether it was covering a game in Buffalo or whether it was her time at home and now coming back um, to working in the NFL. And also great to hear that, that you have several men to lean on. I mean, when we look at sports, it's still a male-dominated industry. Um, so there are a lot of great men in this field that that we get to be in contact with and, and connect with and, and you know, have guys to, to give us advice for whatever stage of life that we're in.
Well, and I love the fact that you get a little bit of everything on this podcast. So you know me who just married off their oldest daughter. And now, you know, she's gone out of the house to a brand new mom to you getting engaged and just starting, just starting on that journey. So I love the fact that we have such a, why we're all females uh, right now on this podcast. podcast, but we have a diverse background and experiences that I think is a little bit for everybody. I know I was, I, I want to take notes. I got to listen to this one back and take notes about all the wonderful things that you guys were able to say. Um, but we asked some of our fans if they had any questions for you. One of the questions that came up was, um, what is something you do for your job on a regular basis that people may be surprised here? And I'm sure there's a lot of things that are very surprising for the average person who doesn't know what it takes to, to own and run an NFL team. So you could probably say about a hundred things that I would be like, wow, that's very interesting. But um, coming from top of your head, what, what do you think is something that you may do every day or every week that people may not realize? Something that I do that people may not know about. I think, um, let's see, I, I know that people know maybe, um, you know, there are actually a few presidents that are also owners across the league. So um, I'm not alone in that, in that area. There's different levels of involvement between ownership. Uh, I think everyone's a little bit different. There's no right or wrong. And honestly, I, I don't have anything to compare myself to um, either. So I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, I will say probably maybe, you know, we're having this conversation before when you are at the top of, you know, of the org chart per se, uh, you know, I know a lot of people think then you don't have to do so many things, right? Like you- You can sit back and hang out. You've made it and now you get to relax. But um, but honestly, I view it as as there's a bigger expectation and and the expectation is not from others, but it's also really from yourself. So one of the things that I I feel like I do, um, whether or not it's a surprise or not, I I don't know uh, whether or not other owners do it or not, but I'm a big believer in continuing education. When I say that, I don't mean physically in the the classroom, although I do wish now that I look back on it that I did have more classroom you know, schooling just as a as as background, as we know, real life isn't always you know what you learn in school, but sometimes life is, is you learn a lot more from life. Um, but I would say I continually, um, whether it's off, um, you know, off work hours, which I don't know if we actually have off work hours, but off work hours at night on weekends when I'm on vacation, which I I know I don't take a lot of, but um, I do love to to learn more, and not just about football, not just about about sports, although I do do that, whether it's reading, whether it's books, whether it's other people's podcasts. I also love to learn about different leadership styles, organizational things. So I'm a huge, you know, reader on Harvard Business Review. I'm a um, huge sports business journal reader. Um, I like to take these online classes where I'm not committed uh, completely to, you know, like showing up for an online class, but I kind of do it at my own pace, whether everything from finance to, um, to, you know, learning about analytics. I know I'm not going to be an expert in any of those areas because I don't spend enough time in those areas. But um, I think just the more that uh, I can learn myself uh, about things that are happening or being relative, it just helps me relate better to our staff, uh, to the rest of the league, to other clubs. Um, And I think that's just, you know, something that I've always done. And I think 
I've, you know, continued to do it. And I think like I need to do it even more so as team president and owner than maybe, you know, if, if I was, you know, just doing a, a simple nine to five job. So I don't know if that's, if that hey, answers that question, but. I think that's pretty, not surprising that you do that. Um, with how busy you like to make your schedule, not that you just do it just to do it, but um, with how much you're able to talk on, I think I, that totally sounds like the type of person you are who who would take the time to try and educate yourself on different subjects or, or try to learn about more um, about a subject you don't really know a lot on. I think that's super impressive um, for anybody to be able to take the time to do, but also I feel like it's smart for everybody to do, but I know sometimes my excuse and other people's excuses are like, I'm too busy to, um, to, to put the work in on a weekend, or I'm too tired at night to maybe do an hour, um, of, of extra education, whatever that may be, or whatever that may look like. Um, so you said that it's something you've always done. Is there a point in your life where you started to do it a lot more? And is there some advice to that you could give someone like me who could probably be doing some more but sometimes I'm just like you know what I'm too tired you know what I think the reason that what really started I, I think is when uh something becomes how do you say it um I don't want to say painful uh mm -hmm. but when when there are conflicts when there's things that you actually you view things as negative I think that is always good I always, I like to talk about how we embrace those challenges because I think those are things that help us get it better so as challenges come along in in my life whether they're little or whether they're big organizational personal whatever they are that's those things kind of trigger me to okay well how do I better understand this well where can I go to find out more about it so I hate to say it, but but sometimes you know the problems really have helped spur me to to look elsewhere and to learn more and educate myself more. And honestly, technology has been a huge help. I people laugh because I've got audiobooks on my phone in my car. I've got you know you got podcasts. You've got so many different ways of learning where you don't have to always necessarily do a chunk of time and say okay. If I don't have three hours to sit in and focus, um, again, that's probably one of the things I am working on on how to focus and not be so spread out. But I'm doing doing a podcast about that. But <laughs> I do think that it does help and, and makes it easier. Um, and you also, it's okay if you don't if you're tired, right? It's okay if yeah. you don't want to do it. You know, I do it because you got to find something that you really love and that you really become passionate about. And so that helps you, you know, kind of really dig deep into, into those things. So that's just something that I do because I, I love it. I enjoy it. I don't think of it as work after my work hours. So, um, but other people have other ways of, of doing that. That is not wrong. It's just, you know, it's all of, we're all different. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And I totally agree with that, that I feel like sometimes you're forced to learn or you're forced to learn more in a situation where you come up with a problem. That's definitely areas of my life that I've gone out of the way to try and educate myself more, whether it be health or whether it be um, trying to work your way up in the industry or, you know, whatever you may name it, whatever you may be going through. I definitely think in problems, you can kind of grow a little bit more and, and then have a different view on the problem after you're able to solve it. It's almost like, oh, I'm not, I'm not happy this problem came about, but I'm also, I'm, I'm happy about how I was able to grow in that avenue of my life. 
Well, you know, you work out a lot. I know you you and your fiance are, are big uh, workout and exercise groups. And, you know, the one way you build muscle, right, is you, you, you push your muscles past a pain point and you do it consistently. So I, I'm not saying that, you know, that, you know, to, in order to grow, you've got to go through a lot of pain, yeah. but certainly that does kind of help you uh, with that resilience muscle um, when you go through things and and when you go through tough times and then you doing something about it uh, and you learn generally you learn from that uh, and that helps you become more resilient and you find yourself like you know what it wasn't time I always say time sometimes heals all wounds as well um, you look back on things in your life that you thought were such obstacles and you realize what huge you know passive opportunities they were so Sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to see that, but in hindsight, that's usually what happens. Yeah, no, I love it. Love the knowledge we're able to um, gain from you <laughs> and gain from Diana Rossini today. There's some good advice handed out on this podcast. And I love getting to hear a little bit more just about your day-to-day -day life, Kim, because I think so many people are interested in it. Um, and it's always interesting um, to hear what you're able to do and also to be able to like relate it to your everyday person. Because I think we all go through a lot of similar things, um, but people may not realize that until we talk about it. So super cool. And looking forward to Jacksonville, kind of a I home game for me. Woohoo. Yeah. You're in, you're in Florida right now. So you, you get a home game and then, then we'll play the New York Jets and then we're inching closer to our Thanksgiving game, which I'm super excited about. Yep. I've already started making plans. The whole family's going to be there on Thanksgiving. I've never been to New Orleans, so I'm super excited about that. Wow, I can't wait. So much ahead um, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. When you look at their schedule, we're about midway through the season. A lot more left and a lot more left on this podcast this season as well. So keep uh, tuning in. We'll have another great episode next week. Thanks, guys, for listening you, to everyone. everything you have. All right, we'll see you next week.